for club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it all right welcome everybody this is the reality czars podcast and i'm your host today nate uh tony couldn't make it tonight but we have an awesome guest this is Paz from timeline earth and uh Dude, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you can find your show and the Scarlet Thread Society? Yep. Okay. Plugs up front. We can do that. So my name's Dexter. I commonly go by uh, Paz or Paz online, depending on how you want to choose to pronounce that. I am part of the crew that's at Timeline Earth. I am their alternate host for uh, week uh, weeklies when they can't make it. I also host the fourth Friday of each month, the Scarlet Thread Society. I took the name from Sherlock Holmes, if you're familiar with the study in Scarlet. A little homage there. I really appreciated those stories as a kid, and they really taught me a lot. It's about chasing down historical conspiracies, and on alternating weeks, also the mystical nonsense that underpins the people who activate and move these historical conspiracies. I'm also one of the primary hosts on the Gaslight Hour podcast. You can find us on all big catchers. We do a lot of UFO stuff there, a lot of appreciating for John Keel, if you're familiar with him. We also get into some other weird historical stuff there. Um, Let's see. I am on Odyssey at my old Twitter handle, Dogman Respector. I archive all my podcast guest appearances there for people's perusing pleasure. And I've got a merch store on Etsy at the Scarlet Thread Society. So that's kind of the quick and dirty plugs summary. As for who I am, I've been in the podcasting game since must be 2017, I imagine. I guess I'm not exactly sure. Maybe it was 2018. I uh, did my very first podcast appearance just before the Friends Against Government started up. I appeared on a show called The Damn Woods. They were my inspiration for podcasting, and though they've been inactive for a while now, it's still probably one of my favorite podcasts ever. They introduced me to a lot of concepts, a lot of things, and a lot of media that I never would have seen otherwise, and I owe them a huge debt of gratitude. And uh, that was about the time that I really started hanging out with the Friends Against crew, too. At the time, there was an Anarchy Ball group chat on Twitter that spawned them and a lot of other content creators. Another debt of gratitude I owe to all of them. And, you know, as time went on, things ramped up. I've developed myself, I'll call it a little bit of a reputation, let's say, in a certain corner of the internet. But that more or less brings us to today, I think. Yeah, man. No, I love you guys. Uh, the, the Fagcast was, uh, I mean, I follow all you guys on Twitter and I've been, uh, you know, interacting with you guys a little bit. and. I definitely saw the Fagcast from the beginning and listened to all of those. And uh, I miss the Fagcast, but Timeline Earth is also awesome. And uh, I like what you guys are doing. So uh, I was really excited to have you on because we kind of do like a libertarian, anarchist, uh, conspiracy theorist, weird truther podcast, like conspirituality kind of thing. Sure. And I thought you'd be the perfect guest. So Yeah, it definitely gets my fire going. I'm excited to be here. So, I mean, straight up, like, I've only been hip to conspiracies probably since 
I don't know, maybe two years ago. And uh, I, so I've been doing a lot of catch up. And so like listening to a lot of the higher side chat. Those guys like, are fantastic. I love yeah. Greg. Love him. He's a bad motherfucker, man. And uh, so, dude, I, I mean, I just want to start talking like it blew my mind. Probably. What was that? Like two and a half years ago when Alex Jones went on fucking Joe Rogan and talked about interdimensional uh, shape shifting vampires or whatever he said exactly (laughs) child molesting vampires yeah and i was like jesus christ if that's real that's awesome and i need to know more so i'm coming to pause to talk about it and i don't know (laughs) if you know more than i do but we can speculate and have fun sure sure and you know the thing with that is uh alex if you watch him real carefully and just what exactly he says especially off camera he uh, tends to bill himself a little bit more as an entertainer. And the most yeah. enigmatic thing about him is it's extremely difficult to figure out if he's saying that for social cover or if he actually means that. So he is a one gentleman in particular where I lean really heavily into the otherwise kind of cringy phrase, critical support. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, it's, and sometimes I also wonder if he's just, a limited hangout if he's just like, you know, but I, dude, I kind of love Alex Jones. I've got a soft spot in my heart for him. Oh, 100%, (laughs) especially his early stuff. Uh, Yeah. If you're kind of new to the scene, have you seen the video yet of him sneaking into the Bohemian Grove? Yes. I've done a lot of fucking research in the last two years and I, yes, yes, absolutely. It's just an absolute gem in conspiracy culture. Uh, Mark Dice actually did the same thing back in the day, and then he kind of sold out for a job at Fox News. But <laughs> I do find the whole like we can talk about Bohemian Grove for a minute. It's like it just happened, right? I think that I don't remember what the season is, but I'm pretty sure it just went down. Um, uh, yeah, I guess I don't even know seasonally which year. It- or seasonally, what part of the year it happens in, and I don't much particularly care because I always know that if something leaks about it, it's going to come to me eventually. You know? Yeah. You know I when you're. I want to uh, say it's June. Sure. Something like that, or maybe Bilderberg. Is yeah, that happened too. too. Yeah, that just happened too. I think the Bilderberg or whatever, and then we could also talk about. Uh, I, it, there's a lot of things we could talk about, but. <laughs> Well, what's really interesting is how they get all these festivals for the elite and cram them into the same two, three month period every year. And if you noticed, it's always at the end of the spring through the beginning of the summer in that extremely niche time period. The high holidays. Yeah. Yeah. And then towards the end of the year, always in the late fall, but before winter actually sets in, that's when you always see whatever agenda they discussed start ginning up too. And it's enough to make someone like me wonder if there's a pattern there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, you're crazy. <laughs> uh, I fucking, well, dude, I tried to listen to uh, all six hours of the cyber polygon. Have, have you, you're familiar with this? I don't think I am. Why don't you tell me some more? Okay. So people are calling this like event 404 is what they're calling it. it it's a error code. It's a joke, right. but like it's the cyber cyber polygon is this, um, Oh, is that just the latest war game they're setting up or yes 
it is, but it's like an annual thing where they get together and they talk about like what's going to happen online, basically, like what's going to happen uh, like technically right. and, different, and different dumb shit like that. And so this year, Klaus Schwab was heading it up and he was talking about how we need to have um, cyber antibodies and that we're going to have to fight like cyber viruses. And so this was basically like alluding to um, he's Klaus Schwab's a nutty bastard. Yeah, but, he's uh, a nutty bastard with a lot of money, and he gets a lot of attention from people. So, <laughs> only recently, man, he's really on the forefront now. He's like everybody knows his name now. But like, sure, I mean, I mean, maybe again, I've only been doing this for two years. Was he a really well-known guy before this? I wouldn't say well-known, but you know, people who were watching were kind of aware of him in the background. Mm. You know, I, I'll say this: it feels like he's stepping up into a new and different role when you start looking at who some of these players are, you know, internationally or on that state level actor sort of deal. So, you know, again, it's not like he's brand new to the game or nothing, but it feels like he just got a promotion. You know, what I find interesting. is like, I, I don't even know if I'd call it a goddamn promotion. Like if I were one of these nuts, I'd rather be in the background because it seems like they build them up just to tear them down. You know what I mean? Like certainly uh, with some of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny the ones that they sacrifice. Like Bill Gates is done, dude. Nobody gives a fuck about Bill Gates anymore. Yeah, he got, <laughs> Oh man, he got smoked out and I still don't know exactly why they chose him as the sacrificial lamb either. You know, there's a lot of speculation as to why it had to be him, but I'm still just not quite certain. Well, so I think that people I mean, people said that they were really impressed by the things that he had to say and the way he said it at like, and this is when they all got together, all of those like psycho fucks, like I think Oprah and like, uh, who's the fat guy that drinks Coca-Cola, uh, that is in the stock market. You know who I'm talking about? Um, <laughs> I don't think I know by the meme. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of those types, you know, um, he's, a, he's an old rich billionaire. Uh, he, well, again, you know, which one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's white too. Does that narrow it down? He's a white yeah. man. Yeah, just uh, I can't think of his goddamn name. But anyways, they they said that they got all of them together and they sat down in a room and that he was uh, that Bill Gates kind of took authority of the room and had this talk and impressed everybody. And so I think that's what built him up for that particular role. And then I think only people that are bought and sold in their like dehuman is they're like depopulation agenda would be impressed with fucking Bill Gates. Because if right. not, if not, dude, he's maybe the most unlikable person on earth. First of all, he's hard to look at. Yeah. Yeah. No second, doubt. Second of all, he's awkward as fuck. Yeah. Even more than I am. <laughs> God damn, man. Even more than my autistic ass. Um, and the other thing is like, I, I don't know who the fuck dresses him, but come on with those goddamn sweaters. Right, you're like not impressing fucking... anyone. You're not a Kennedy from the 30s <laughs> or something. You're not cute, dude. Get it out. Uh, so, I mean, there was a lot going on there. But then, like, the things that he fucking said, Jesus Christ. Like, he's like, oh, man, I, I wish I had some clips pulled up of him. But just like, and then, okay, so I also think that they couldn't keep him as the face because, first of all, white straight male, right? That's a problem. Second, a fucking rich billionaire, that's a fucking problem, isn't a fucking doctor, 
that's a fucking problem. Then everyone started asking, when the fuck did Bill Gates start ruling the goddamn United States? When well, does he you know, start calling shots? To push back on that a little bit, though, I think when you're actually playing in those circles, those things really don't seem to matter so much. You know, it's those things are more important for the level right below these people. You know, those well, sort of factors, I, those front-facing identities seem like they matter a lot more for the pawns of the players than even the lowliest players themselves. All I meant by that is, like, once they put him out there, all of those things made him very distasteful in the public eye, and that's why they had to sacrifice him. Sure. Yeah, they, I, that's my guess. I don't know. Uh, because, God damn, is he unlikable. Yeah, I'm not, again, I'm really not sure why anyone ever liked him in the first place. And anyone who's watched him for any amount of time should know that, you know, despite the really noble front facing the marketing of his organizations, they've been disasters everywhere he's gone. You know, like, yeah, he gave out all those vaccines in India, for example, and then look what that did to their fertility and the way that ruined whole populations there. Dude, and so, you know, even even if you want to be the most optimistic person possible in the perfect world, his gifts still are just coming with a massive price in the first place. So why trust him? Yeah. Yeah. No, dude, he's a giant cunt. He's a real bastard. Uh, but that you know, doesn't like really explain why they strung yeah. him out to dry, though. Right. You know, why burn him? What? What was what caused that? You know, whether it was too much mm. heat with his Epstein connection and it just all ended mm. up time wrong, you know, because people hammered him on that strong enough that it did breach the normie news, and that could have been the nail in the coffin right there, right? It just got a little too much publicity and he had to go. That'd be my guess. But at the same yeah. time, the media is so subservient that it, that still almost feels like an inside job because no story gets out that they don't allow out once they've had their discussions about it, you know? Totally, dude. Totally. And I, I wonder if there was some shit on him. You know what I mean? Because, like, I really think that there's a lot of shit on people, like most of the elite. And I think a lot of that is planned. But sometimes people get, like, arrogant and cocky and sloppy. And maybe there was some shit that, like, if he was going to stay in prominence, they were going to fucking release something on him, or they just had to throw him under the bus. Like, uh, to me, that's kind of what they did with Fauci, too, for a minute. But they're trying to kind of keep him still Rehabilitate him now. Yeah. Which is fascinating. I'm like, he's he's also maybe one of the most unlikable people. And that dude, for people like this, he's like a bishop on a chessboard, you know? He has a very clearly defined niche role and you can afford to sacrifice him, but you shouldn't until you've got a bigger piece in hand, you know, Mm. like he's been coordinating. Well, not explicitly, but I suspect under the cover of dark, he's been running us bioweapons for decades now, you know? Yeah, and of course, there's enough layers of plausible deniability in the way that it you could never prove it or something, but it just feels like he ends up involved in a lot of shenanigans, right? So I'm curious what you think about, like, uh, I guess these elites that we're talking about. Do you think that there is any national loyalty, but, you know, between them? Like, I don't think they give a fuck about countries. I think that they're more about controlling, like, 
the whole goddamn world. Well, I think this is where it gets complicated, and I think this actually ends up being where a lot of people will tend to misunderstand me and the points I make. I think that there are very deeply conflicted factions within the power elite, and these people are in stringent competition with one another, even as they have multiple team affiliations that put them at odds with each other. You know, they you call geopolitics the great game, but the truly great game is what happens when you have people with their own goals and ideology who are capable of making uh, states, you know, with a capital S, move on their behalf. So to make the long story short, I think some of them probably do have nationalist sympathies or causes, but they also have other sympathies or causes. And, you know, each, every one of them has a different set of these things. So it's really kind of impossible to tell. And it's impossible to divine out who's necessarily winning until well after the fact. Mm. So, you know, not to cop out, but I think unlikely, but it's hard to say. And it is possible if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it totally does make sense. And but I, I guess the way I see it is I'm not actually disagreeing with you at all. Um, I, I do think that there's like uh, different clicks, right? And they are all competing with each other. They're, there's not one group. It's a group among groups, right? And um, I wonder how it all fits together, though, because they all get together in a room. It, I guess it's kind of like mafia families, you know, yeah, something like I, that. That's definitely the closest analogy, right? I wonder, and so they all have to sort of play ball, and I think that they choose each other over us, and so if something is in their best interest, they'll sacrifice wide swaths of their of each other's populations to just keep each other in power. Um, I wonder how this is all working out right now, though, because I, I actually see um, some real animus between the United States and China. And I wonder how much of it is um, fake and how much of it is not. Like, I'm I, th- sure- I think the vast majority of it, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I am oh, go for it. positive that a good 80, 85% of it's absolute astroturf. Um, this is one of my pet projects or pet names I like to drop when I really want to force people to think real hard. But uh, there, well... Communist China was basically the picked winner in the Chinese Civil War by Roosevelt's State Department and the U.S. Marines. And it's uh, called the Dixie Mission, right? Where a bunch of high-level soldiers and diplomats went over there, and they were supposed to be brokering a peace between the nationalists and the communists so China could put up a united front against the Japanese invasion. You know, that was still ongoing at that time. China had not been occupied. But what these people end up doing, because they were Reds themselves, and in the 30s, the late 30s and the 40s there, you were in an era of Marxist ascendancy. What they basically did was walked out of there and said, no, we need to back the communists. They can carry the day for us and pen in China from the West, or not China, Japan from the West. And, you know, ever since then, they've pretended to be a bad guy all the while opening their doors to be a one massive factory for the West, especially since Nixon. Yeah. So what they are is basically they put on a scary mask, and when we turn around and look the other way, they still just sit there playing manufacturing hub for the entire world, which is clearly in the interest of these transnational elites because that allows them to get their wealth up 
in rich markets selling cheap goods. You know, they are basically nothing more than a communist in name economic zone, and they were intentionally set up that way by Reds in the Roosevelt administration. So I about 99% agree with you, but I see the chance for two possibilities. And uh, one possibility is basically exactly what you said, where, uh, um, or very similar to what you just said, um, is like, I, I don't know if you watched the whole, uh, what's his name? Man, I haven't been drinking when I do this. Uh, John Stewart. When I absolutely on, don't. I'll just I, tell you that right now. <laughs> okay, so John Stewart uh, was on Stephen Colbert's show. Okay. Right? And and he he was the one that, like, before he was on there, you were not allowed to talk about a Chinese lab leak theory. That was still considered, like, Trump right-wing conspiracy theory. That was still considered, like, you're going to get fucking banned off Twitter or Facebook for talking about it. And then he gets on there. And I need to figure out a way to be able to play clips on the show. I don't know how to do it because I wish I could just set it up and play it. Um, but he basically just gets on there and just like makes a joke, but does it in a really clever way to make it sound like he is. Uh, he, he makes it sound like it's just impromptu or like he's just like like uh, Stephen Colbert doesn't know what he's going to say. But if you're watching it, it's a fucking show. Right, like they're they're acting with each other, and what he did is he he made it acceptable for the left, for the Democrats, for the liberals, for whoever the neoliberals to uh, accept the lab leak theory. Because what I assume is this: this is what I see happening. Um, so this is possibility number one that America has lost basically all of our good enemies in the Middle East. Right, we lost our great enemy. Uh, uh, during after the Cold War, right after the Soviet Union fell, and that was our big excuse to build up military industrial complex, right? Yep. And then we went to the Middle East and we did the exact same thing. We had Al Qaeda, we had ISIS, we had you know uh, the Taliban, and now all of it's kind of fallen apart. The Middle East is in shambles. There's really not much we can do. We can fearmonger about Iran a little bit, but like no one, no one's even fucking no one listening anymore. It. Yeah, no it's over. So we're looking for a new Cold War enemy. And so to me, watching uh, John Stewart on Stephen Colbert, he was making it acceptable for the left. They're not fucking left. We know that neoliberals aren't, but they think they are. Right. Uh, to embrace the Chinese lab leak theory. And because you needed them on board, too. You need the dummies on the right and the dummies on the left. Or, you know, this the dummies in the middle. We you need them on board for war, right? So you yeah, need it's them the legitimacy to, mining of the state, right? It's yeah. how they have to create a presentable front to get away with shit. Exactly. And so to me, it smelled like fucking warmonger propaganda. He's now demonizing China and saying China released this fucking virus and we should hold them accountable. And that's exactly what Donald Trump was saying, right? And so right. this nationalist fervor, you're getting the Democrats on it too now. And uh, to me, that was like a buildup for a new Cold War with China. Now, possibility number two is I've heard whispers probably for like the last 10 years from conspiracy theorists and people that say they know what's going on behind the picture, which, you know, nobody ever fucking really does. No, but... nobody really does. <laughs> and especially not people who sell books about whistleblowing. I yeah. Just throw that out there, too. <laughs> They're sincere, Paz. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I got just need there though. And I was interested in what point you were about to make. Okay. So this is what I've heard. And I've actually heard it from several fucking people. I even heard this in, uh, I went to a Mises Institute conference and heard a guy fucking talk about this. Uh, this was in Seattle, I think in 2000 and I don't, I think 2017 and they were up here in Seattle. Uh, and I don't even remember who the fuck said it, but they were talking about China and they were saying, um, China has basically like, okay, the people behind the fucking, whoever that is, right. Whoever these like power elite bankers, whoever the fuck they are, uh, the authoritarians that want a one world government. They've basically got sick of the United States. Like the United States has had its time in the sun yeah. as like as the fucking head hegemon, the big bully on the on the world stage, and that it's China's turn now. Well, and think that, about how exhausting the United States must be to manage, even if you control all the levers, right? Yeah, I mean, Just we have ruly place. It really is. Well, there's too many guns. First of all, second of all, we have like. Uh, what I would have said before 2020, I would have said that we have like sentiments about civil liberties and things like that and thoughts of freedom and shit. But like, holy yeah, shit, I mean, boy, how he heard that echo, right? Holy fuck, man. <laughs> I was like, where the fuck are you guys? Where you guys go? He got distracted with QAnon and they were all trusting the plan. Right. Goddamn idiots. <laughs> I mean, I love you, QAnoners. I'm sorry, man, but. You got fucking duped. Hard worked. God damn, bro. But anyways, this is pretty much like I literally I just saw an article that just came out right now. So, uh, so you know how China took fucking Hong Kong and nobody did shit about it, right? Nobody gave a fuck. They were just like, oh, well, that's cute. And then they are now making moves towards taking Taiwan and Japan was saying they were going to intervene. Yep. And, and China, and I, I'll send you the article, China just said, I'll fucking nuke you. Well, so, to clarify on that a little bit, though, Please. I saw a little bit of a debunk from someone I'm willing to trust on the matter, and they mm. were pointing out that that wasn't actually the Chinese state government necessarily saying that. That was just some freaking hawk policy guy over there, basically dubbing it over a military press release. Mm. And I'm not in a position to know enough about the state of internal Chinese propaganda to know whether that's accurate or not. But if they tell me that, I'm typically willing to believe them on something like that. Either way, extremely sketchy and bad, but also something to consider. So... All I, what I've been thinking is okay. It's either the buildup of the Cold War, right? Which is what I assume is the more likely scenario. Yeah. But the less likely scenario is like, dude, if if you're watching people, like every single country is really they're fucking picking sides hard right now. We might be actually looking at World War Three. Yeah, and I'm not a big believer that conventional wars are right around the corner. I was talking about this in a Twitter group chat, right? And uh, I just really believe that until the U.S. imperial ambitions finish routing out entirely, until it's actually buried in the ground, things are probably going to stay majority in a shadow war situation. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I think it's all spooks and spooky action at a distance right now. And uh, to cite my case for that, I want to make this case while we're on the 
um, topic of China, right? Is do you remember last summer when Bannon got together a bunch of rogue Chinese billionaires and tried to declare a breakaway state in the frontier provinces? Whatever no. happened to that? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. Know they that. flew a giant That's banner outside of uh, New York City rented a bunch of boats to show off for themselves and even released a uh, declaration of independence from communist China. And I haven't heard one thing about it since then, but Bannon himself has been pretty quiet outside of his podcast, which he's still doing. So I want to know what's going on with those guys. I want to know if they've been black bagged and I want to know if they're buying guns somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I mean, I almost think all of that shit is like, I think they try shit, you know what I mean? And see if it catches. Yeah. Because like, you remember when, uh, is it Guaido? Is that the guy that they were attempting to make the fucking Venezuelan president? Yeah. And you know, he's still technically considered their acting president, despite the fact that (laughs) no one sees or hears from him ever. And they like they recognize him. The United States recognizes him as the rightful ruler. And but they like sent him down there. Do you remember that they sent him down there? And they thought that there would be a groundswell of support. And it just and did not happen. Right? Shit the bed. Nothing happened. <laughs> so I mean, I think they just like throw fucking darts at the wall sometimes and see what sticks. Um, oh, absolutely. And there's no doubt about that. And who knows how many darts get thrown that never see the light of day, too. So it's not like this stuff's not going on. That's all just like black money from CIA like, yeah. and just the Pentagon. They're just like, yeah, fucking try it out. Yeah, Steve Bannon, there's a new China now. Just go and make it happen. There is a literally <laughs> unlimited budget for this kind of stuff. Just justify your salary, bro. It doesn't matter. Well, what do you think about what's going on in Haiti, dog? I find it very interesting, I want to say, especially in the context of those other high-profile assassinations. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really tickling the scarlet thread for me, is you know what's going on in Africa, what's going on in Haiti, why did all of these high-profile ones just happen all of a sudden? And uh, I'm not entirely sure what to make of it yet, but I'm certainly watching it very closely. I want to see who really consolidates power next, not just power, but consolidates it. I'm looking forward to talking to my friend. Uh, I have a friend that is a missionary in uh, Tanzania, and he's a libertarian too, actually. And we've had really interesting conversations. Good guy. Uh, And the last time we talked, we talked a lot about COVID and we talked a lot about it, the lockdowns and all the dumb shit over there, because basically they didn't have anything like in Tanzania. They were just like, no, we're not fucking. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Why would we do that? Nobody's going to wear a goddamn mask. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And, and then that president was the one that was like, uh, okay, you're going to send us some test kits. Okay. Uh, I'm going to swab a goat's asshole. I'm going to swab like a fucking, like a fruits, you know, a fruit, like, you know what I mean? He said, yeah, yeah, it was that. And it sent it in and they're like, it's positive. And he's like, oh, you're full of shit, <laughs> you know? And, um, and he was dead. What? Three weeks after that. It was something like that. Yeah. And it, it so my buddy's actually, he's in the States right now. Uh, I think he's going to be in my neck of the woods and, uh, I think in August. So I'm going to have a talk with him. I'm really curious to get his perspective on that. Um, 
But yeah, I think I would uh, love to hear what comes out of that. You know, I'll be listening. Okay. I, yeah, I'm going to try to get him on the show. That'd be fucking awesome, man. <laughs> Sit down and talk to him about Tanzania. He's a funny guy, man, because like I know that he started a business. He started like a coffee roasting business with some of the with some of the uh, like single mothers down there. Yeah. And then he he was just talking about how like uh, the regulations and taxes are so high. And he's like, so we just having to start. He's like, we just started using agorism there. We just started doing underground fucking businesses. And I was just like, you love damn. to hear it. Yeah, you love dude. to hear it. Like black market for the win, man. I love you, Sam Conkin. Rest in peace. Uh, so, so okay, it was very similar. I, it happened in Madagascar, too. That president died. Then uh, the president of Tanzania, right? And then in Haiti, like, I knew something was going to happen to him. Because, like, something Vice had done a documentary. Man. Yeah, do you remember that? That Vice did a little documentary on Haiti. And the president was just, like, going around without a mask on. And nobody was wearing a mask. Everyone was like booty dancing and having a good time and partying. Yeah. And I just did like, not, I did not watch it, but I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, and it, it like they they talked about they were like uh, Haiti is the country that the coronavirus passed over. They're like, yeah, I think we've had six people with the fucking coronavirus, and they're like, I don't know, like we're not doing anything about it. And then he's dead. If you if you don't play fucking ball, if you don't pretend that everybody's dying, you're like, gone. You're then gone. you're gone. And it's kind of a fucked up thing, man. And I also think about, uh, do you remember the Belarusian president? Uh, I cannot think of that guy's name. Lyshenko? Yeah, Lyshenko, right? And then he claims that he was offered a billion fucking dollars to get on board with the coronavirus and the lockdowns and all the fucking bullshit. And he said no. And then you see that, uh, what's that, what's that woman's name? Oh, which one? Uh, anyway, she she claims that she is now the rightful president. Like they oh, they started. Yeah. I don't that. even know her name. I don't know. It's impossible to keep up with all these people. Yeah, especially like Eastern Bloc names. It's all Elochenkos and fucking. I yeah, I don't even know. Uh, but I mean, they're just like they're not giving a fuck anymore, dude. They're just going hard. Yeah, and you know that really makes you wonder what the actual end game of it is. And a lot of people have been speculating that this is the big depopulation push, and I'm not actually so sure of that. I feel like this mm. might just be the trial balloon for that to happen later. You know, see just how the world responds to a novel virus of our creation, but don't release a deadly one yet. You know, like this is testing the defenses and testing what the public will put up with when you prime them just right to have something happen. Well, you know, because if they wanted to drop something really, truly lethal on, you know, the world, they could have, they could have released something with a lot higher casualty rate. So what do you think about that? Like, to me, it's like, uh, so what do you think about the the whole maybe transhuman agenda behind the like new mRNA, uh, like rewriting of the, you know, of the fucking, well, it's not rewriting your DNA technically. It's the, it's the mRNA that communicates between your DNA and tells it what to do and things. So, I mean, it does, but it doesn't right. Like, 
Do you think there's any like transhumanism things behind that? Do you buy any of the people that are like holding spoons to themselves and they're magnetic and shit? Is any of that true? Do you think or is uh, it all bullshit? You know, obviously that specifically just straight up can't be true because there's a million spoon tricks. You know, that's what magicians cut their teeth with is spoon tricks. Okay. So that at least is bunk in my mind. Uh, whether or not there's some sort of transhumanist agenda behind it, I think most transhumanists, at least at the regular level, are a little too uh, innocent to be tarred with that brush. I think most of them have a good heart in them. And as for these people, these elites at the top, what's their incentive to share that with us? You know what I'm saying? And if yeah. they wanted to force that on us, they could Unless do it with a, a positive mechanism. reinforcement, you know? Well, they're trying right now, right? Like, uh, in Las Vegas, if you wouldn't got your fucking Ronavax, you could get strippers and stuff. Like, they had all kinds of crazy shit. Sure, I'm, like, but what, what I'm, I'm saying is if they explicitly said, yeah, this will rewrite your DNA, but it's going to do this, this, and this to it, and you're going to live to 120 you know, if they wanted to get people on board with the transhumanist agenda, that would be the way to do it because there would be no normie on the planet who wouldn't want to do that. So I don't necessarily think that they are, the transhuman thing is going to be a positive for us. Like, I think that they're, that they're definitely going to be taking something else. Like, I think that this may be, like, maybe a way of, uh, like, I listen to everybody. So there's all kinds of the whack jobs that are, like, saying that, like, there's fucking, um, well, I do, I know that there are, like, little nanoparticles and different things that they can track and trace us with and things, but, like, what do you think about any of those things? Do you think that there's, like, nanometals, any nanoparticles that they're putting into things? Like, do you think there's any fucking, uh, chips? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think they're necessarily in the vax or something. Okay. But, uh, you know, that technology does actually exist. And it that's why they've sure. been floating the possibility of using it. That doesn't mean that it's already been deployed. Again, we need to remember that they're playing games on much longer time frames than we are. And that always has to be an act of consideration. But so, uh, I'm sure it's you... something they'd like to try. And, you know, even Art Bell, rest his soul, was warning about that already back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. What do you think, uh, why do you, why are they trying to get everybody vaccinated? What do you think the end goal is with that? Like, they're trying hard, dude. They're pushing this, like, fucking mad. Uh, well, like, I've never it's seen certainly before. not for our benefit, whatever it is. But whether it's an active malice or perhaps just their own propaganda got in their functionaries and pawns heads. You know, it's possible to me that because we are in a state of decaying empire and the fact that we're at an era of imperial fiefdoms where all these people who are no more than pawns themselves, but due to bureaucratic ossification can control their own segments of shit, it seems possible to me that perhaps some people who weren't meant to drink the Kool-Aid did, and that's where a lot of these pushes are coming from, you know, people who are not players in their own right, but got jumped up because they had access to one lever and started pulling that lever when they wanted to, instead of when they were told to. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, yeah, it does make sense. Um, hmm. Yeah. I don't know. 
it's yeah, it's just a fucking weird thing. Like, uh, like I've also heard the crazies that are saying that there's like there's a built-in kill switch, and that's why they want us to take this. Yeah, okay, what, look, if you want to say that, give me some sauce, right? Yeah, <laughs> I want some sauce. Um, tell me, uh, what do you think? Um, okay, so do you think that there is a depopulation agenda? Yeah, and I think we'd be insane to ignore it. You know, who all's in on it, just what the goal of it even is, or why they think there's a need for it, those are all super opaque. But to deny that it exists would be insane at this point. I mean, you can look at people, like, every single thing that they do, like, I see, okay, I see tons of connections, at least with the depopulation agenda, as far as, like, uh, all of these vaccines that they make, uh, not all of them, but there's been some vaccines that they've made that, like, in Mexico, they sterilized all the men. Yeah. You know, there's things like that. Or there's uh, another vaccine, um, the, the hell is it called, the guard cell one for the for the girls that sterilized a fuck ton of them. It's That's like, the one it, Bill Gates was pushing in India, if I recall yeah. correctly. Yeah. And then they also sold corn to Mexico and to South America that sterilized men as well. Um, so it was genetically modified corn that would attack sperm. And what I've heard uh, specifically about these spike proteins, supposedly inside of the vaccine. And if you just catch the coronavirus, it, they accumulate and maybe attack your sperm. And for the women, it, it like uh, accumulates around their like ovaries and around the like, uh, uh, what the hell is that? Uh, my wife's pregnant. I should know what the fuck I'm talking about, at least with women's anatomy, but you'd think I would. Like, their womb area. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and so that, like, this is... So that, specifically, a hell of a lot of women have been miscarrying uh, once they're getting the vaccine. And I, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that this is more, maybe, like, soft depopulation? So, my stance there... And I've been saying this since February of 2020, before everyone decided to get woke and pick their side of the COVID question. I have been saying this entire time that I have more of a fear and a skepticism of long COVID than I do literally anything else. I'm not afraid of catching the virus per se. I do think the testing was very obviously overblown and it would be impossible to deny that. But at the same time, we don't know what this is going to do long term. And I do remember that some medical journal put out a study suggesting that hypergonadism could result from, uh, or hypogonadism rather, could result from extreme cases. And I also remember the fears about brain swelling if you had a really particularly bad case. And all of those things really sketch me out, man. Mm-hmm. So I've not taken anything off the field of play is what I'm saying. And I'm more concerned about what comes after than I am any part of it in its current state. And, you know, the vaccine itself, even. So the whole COVID thing, man, like you remember in the early days, right? Um, the videos that were coming out of China of like, you're walking, they're like, there was a hospital, and in the hallway, there's just stacks of dead people, 
And yeah, it or that like, scene that looked like it was literally, it looked like it was from a movie or something where the crew in the hazmat suits are shooting people in the streets. Uh-huh. People being the welded well-being? In, in their apartment buildings. Yes. I still what the fuck don't was that? I still don't know if that was Western propaganda or what, you know, it smells like something that should be propaganda and it smells like something that was released as propaganda. But at the same time, like, why would you release that in Western markets? Because the West wasn't woke to the problems of it yet. When those videos started coming out, it feels like you have a risk of creating unnecessary panic. Well, I think they wanted us to panic. Like, it, it was scary, dude. I mean, I'm skeptical of shit. And even, like, when I was watching that shit, I was like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. Like, it was what the so hell cool. is going on? Like, it was it was scary enough where, like, I wasn't too scared to go out or do anything. But, like, dude, I was, like, going to the grocery stores with, like, gloves on and shit. Like, Yeah, man, <laughs> I was way ahead of masks uh, before anyone else in real life that I was seeing and I kept wearing them longer than most people. Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily super afraid or anything, but at the same time, if the government tells me not to wear a mask, I'm going to think <laughs> there's a pretty good reason to, I'm not, I am not a reflexive contrarian, right? Yeah. My opinion is not just the opposite of whatever someone in a suit said last. I saw a disease coming out of China that hadn't yet existed in humans and I thought to myself, well, darn, their infection rates are pretty high. Maybe it's better safe than sorry. And that remained my operating assumption. No matter how much waffling Republicans did, no matter how much waffling Democrats did, and especially libertarians. I remember yeah. the hazmat suit avies on Twitter. Y'all might want to front and act like, oh, it was nothing to ever be concerned about. I knew it was a psyop. I don't know, man. We don't know what it's going to do to you three years down the road. And you didn't know then before you changed your mind either. A lot of motherfuckers were just out here waffling based on what the government said. And if you're automatically assuming the opposite of what Mr. Suit tells you, well, I got bad news because he can still control you that way. That's true, man. That's You're a couple. uh, I mean, I don't know how long you've been in this conspiracy game, but you're definitely light years ahead of me. (laughs) <laughs> and uh i mean that is really true if you do change your behavior based off of what they say that they are still controlling you um and i i, I thought that was funny too what you said it's like all of a sudden dr fauci is saying like it's okay you don't have to wear a mask and you're like well fuck you i'm wearing it <laughs> not because you didn't tell me to but because maybe <laughs> there's something you want me breathing right now right um and but the masks themselves, like, I mean, what are your whole thoughts on, like, the masks not even fucking doing shit? Like, I think it's extremely plausible that perhaps a good percentage of them literally did do nothing. But I would point to the fact that the USG did literally buy up supplies of respirators and high quality masks while they were telling people not to buy and wear masks. Yeah. So I think that maybe they could have been more effective if people had been using quality ones and they just weren't. Yeah, I think that's an under-discussed part of it, and that's something we can never know either way. But that's kind of intuitively where I land on the question. I land on, yeah, obviously they didn't work because look at the garbage people were using. So what do you think about them 
So it seems like the majority of the people that died, like it, like once the numbers started finally coming out, it was like what? It was like eighty fucking percent were like people with two or three comorbidities and were over eighty and shit. Like, I, do you think any was there a fucking virus that wasn't anything that wasn't the flu, or was this like a fucking complete psyop? And so like this, this was is, actually just a goddamn flu. This is a little spicier, right? And yeah. I think too many people have failed to stop and think about this. But man, what if this is exactly what the flu looks like in reality every single year? And uh-huh. it's the flu every year that's a scare. What if the influenza is literally fake and it's COVID that's real? You know what I'm saying? So think about this. Yeah, obviously testing was inflated to drive up cases to drive fear. So that means you actually have less cases, right? So then you need to create a ratio between cases and fake cases and real deaths and fake deaths to garner hospital funding. And I would bet that if you ran those numbers, and there's no way to have perfect information in this situation, so you kind of have to thumbnail a lot and leave margin for error on all four parts of the equation. But then where do you land on? And I think you will land on, yeah, there was a lot less COVID than people say. But I think your lethality then as a result would actually be much more than what people are thinking. And I don't think people are quite doing that calculus maybe as much as they should either. Now, it does also become indisputable what you're saying about obviously the virus was killing more vulnerable people anyways. And to that, I'd say, yeah, no shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no shit it did. Totally. Do you want me to give you an award, Einstein? You figured it out. Unhealthy people are more likely to die. Damn. You mean if you're a fat, unhealthy cunt that just, like, chews cheeseburgers all fucking day, that you might fucking die? Like, now, yeah. I, I want to like, reiterate again, and I want to be very clear about this. I am still skeptical of COVID, and I'm not going out there trying to catch it. I don't know what it's going to do to me, and I don't know what it's going to do long term. But I'm simply mm-hmm. saying I think it's more lethal than people are acting. Okay. And uh, I am still, you know, extremely cautious, but that doesn't mean I'm going to run out and get a vaccine for it. I'm going to take my vitamin C. I'm going to take my vitamin D. I'm going to get sunlight and where I think it's tactically appropriate. I will wear a mask. That's interesting. Cause I've just, I mean, I've been taking like, fuck, I don't know, like 7,000 IBUs of fucking vitamin D. And I've been trying to fucking work out as much as I can, or I mean, which is not very often, but uh, getting fresh air and sunlight when I can, and just not giving a fuck anymore. Like I walked into Winco. I don't even know if you know what a Winco is because you're on the you're like in the middle of the country. That's like our shit store. That's like a um. Uh, so I like walked in today without a mask, and you know nobody's fucking social distancing anymore. Everybody's pretending that, like, you know, it's over. Uh, And I hadn't even thought about being worried about it. But, like, I wonder if, like, I mean, because, okay, I've had, I've known several people now that have supposedly died of this. And then there's been a few people that I've known, like, friends of friends that have gotten whatever the, like, like, some fucking girl, dude. Like, I don't know what the fuck she got. But they told her it's COVID. This girl, she can't breathe anymore. Like, she literally can't fucking, like, she used to be, like, a fucking, like, uh, rock climber. Like, a fucking, oh, you know no. what I mean? 
She doesn't do shit. She can barely walk. And they told yeah. her that was from the fucking Rona. And I'm like, whatever the fuck she got is not what most people got. What happened and what is that? See, and that's exactly what I'm saying. I am so powerfully concerned about the aftermath of this. But it's not enough to scare me into getting the vaccine. Because I remember distinctly, I know several nurses. And I know people who know more nurses. And the number of adverse side effects they've seen just in this subpopulation, the 12 to 15 nurses I'm within two degrees of separation from, it's like 30%. I know one completely healthy nurse, and I mean actually fit as hell, a gym rat who became epileptic after getting her vaccine out of nowhere. Yeah. No, it's just a coincidence. So there's something going on at every level of this. There's something to the virus. I'll stand by that. And there's something to these shots. And all yeah, I can I mean, say is, please take your vitamins. Take for your God's fucking sake. vitamins, dude. Exercise, get vitamins. fresh air, get, get out in the sun. Um, I mean, it was almost like they were giving you the worst advice ever. They're like, stay inside, get Uber Eats from McDonald's. Uh, if you get the shot, we'll give you fucking donuts. You know, like, they were just like, don't go outside. Don't see other people. If you need to talk to someone, Zoom call them. Like, it was like the absolute worst thing you could do to, like, stress people out, frighten them, and then tear down their immune system because they were, like, gargling fucking uh, hand sanitizer and shit. Like, all of that just completely fucking destroys you. Um, and so when you actually do run into wild bacteria, now you're really fucked. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It was, it was something. It was something. All right. Um, huh. Yeah. I don't know, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what more is there to say at least (laughs) on that topic, right? Yeah. Fuck the Rona. Let's talk about, uh, I guess, interdimensional vampires that want to molest kids. Yeah, what, uh, what are your thoughts so on that? Edit this out if you need to, but if we can keep it brief, I need to run in about 10 to 15 here. Okay, no worries, man. <coughs> uh, so you were saying interdimensional vampires, right? Yeah, let's, let's go with the topic we started with. Let's... Uh... Over the current events, yeah. So are you familiar with the work of John Keel? An ultra terrestrial theory? Uh a little bit. And I do kind of believe in ultra terrestrial theory, yeah. Yeah, so him and Jacques Vallée are kind of the two big names who really pushed this to the forefront in the mid and late twentieth century. And uh I think they make the case far more persuasively than any podcast host or even any radio host or any author besides themselves, frankly, even ever could. But they do, I think, make a very compelling case. And it's all built on not even necessarily proving these things exist, but upon establishing, quote-unquote, reasonable doubt. Now, you know, obviously that's a legal term that doesn't exist in the real world. But the reasonable doubt is this. The range of human perception is so limited. How do you know there's nothing else out there? Yeah. We live in a world where radios exist. We live in a world where I am talking into a piece of metal with other pieces of metal inside it, and it's enabling us to have a conversation. You know, what the hell? Yeah, this is sci-fi shit. This is Star Trek shit, for sure. 
Like from especially from like, you know, I'm thirty ish. When I was fucking ten, this would have blown my goddamn mind. Right. So you've yeah. got this insane technology and this you're telling me the manipulation of particles is what's enabling us to do this. And yet there's absolutely no chance of beings outside of our perception being able to do the same thing to whisper into our heads. Yeah. Uh, And I'm, again, I wouldn't even necessarily say it's likely, but the idea that people can just rule this out seems absurd to me. Well, see, I almost think it, I find it more likely that it's ultra-terrestrial instead of extraterrestrial. Like I, I'm certainly in that camp, let me say, yeah. Yeah, and it seems like the elite are, like, in cahoots and communication with different, like, like the different rituals that they do. Like, we can even, we can even go, go right back to, uh, to the Grove. The hell am I talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Bohemian uh, Grove, yeah. The Bohemian Grove. Like, who the fuck do they think they're pretending to sacrifice a baby to? Right? Like, right. Uh, is it all theater, or do they actually feel like they're in communication with these people? Like, weird I that mean, it's a giant owl, by the way, right? Yeah, an owl, which is the symbol of a freaking Sumerian death god, and also happens to be an animal that gray aliens are allegedly mistaken for on a regular basis. Yeah. Wow, huh? So maybe you're telling me this pagan deity <laughs> is an alien or aliens are demons? You can actually uh-huh. get there within just three, four steps. And again, I'm not saying that's the case. But uh, are you really so confident that a person could dismiss it immediately? Yeah, I mean, I think that's where I started from because, like, I'm I'm a Christian. I'm a religious guy, which I don't know if you are or aren't, but, like, we oh, yeah. definitely believe oh, yeah. in... Uh, I mean, I believe in Jesus and I believe that like he talks to me like I don't hear him verbally, but like he communicates with me, Um, you know, and. uh, Like, I wouldn't be that surprised, like there's supposedly actual demons and stuff, man, and like I wouldn't be that surprised if it were like that's how Christians uh, conceived of whatever these interdimensional things were like these entities that we saw them as like dark entities or, or like lower frequency beings. And, um, I just, I think I find it fascinating. And I think like the whole concept of maybe they're actually, you know, there's angels and different things. Like I find that all fucking fascinating. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I don't know what more is to necessarily say about it. It requires a massive leap of faith. And I don't know how to get over that for people. I can't people. I can't make people have the realization that maybe there's something more to it. I wish there could, because I'd deploy it for a lot of other things other than that argument. But <laughs> do you have any thoughts about, um, the hell is, man, I'm sorry. I, I should have gotten more sleep before I had this conversation with you. I'm sorry. It's all uh, good. Uh, what are they called? Um, Angels, babies. You know what I'm talking about? Um, Nephilim is that what you're Nephilim. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about the Nephilim and maybe giants? Like, did we, oh, we need to have a part man. two? Yeah, <laughs> I I would love to talk to you about that, but I can't do it here tonight because I'm going to spurg and be on here for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's have a let's let's leave that as a as a teaser for the audience. And man, I'd love to have a part two with you, Paz. 
Yeah, we will uh, discuss it. I would love to do Giants with you. That sounds terrific. Dude, I think that's my favorite conspiracy theory, to be honest, man. I, oh, I think it's, it's definitely fucking, up there for me. It's top yeah. five for sure. Well, thanks a lot, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, I uh, want to just say thank you again. And if I could plug again, folks, absolutely, please go buy a logo t-shirt, the Scarlet Thread Society on Etsy. Fucking do it, everybody. All right, the great and powerful pause. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you.